Today is Saturday, September 17th, 2022. Do you suffer from gear acquisition syndrome? I know I do. Buckle your seatbelts and welcome to this edition of the Electric Guitar Lives podcast with Pete Williams. A fun and pithy celebration of the electric guitar, guitarists, related gear, and industry news from a seasoned guitar pro. Get your daily dose of all things guitar from an industry insider with over 20 years in the proverbial trenches. Be regaled with sordid tales of guitar and guitar news, amps, effects, artists, lutiers, and the interesting people that make up this wacky machine. So wind down with us as we cap each week off with a fresh out-of-the-oven episode. Who knows what will happen? Maybe you'll laugh. Maybe you'll cry. You might even learn something. Yeah, maybe you won't. But one thing's for sure. You'll be entertained. So hang with us for a bit, and thank you for joining us on the Electric Guitar Lives Podcast. Now here's your host, Pete Pete Williams. Hello, hello. How you doing? Thanks again for uh, tuning in to the Electric Guitar Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Williams. We're going to jump right into it. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about Mr. Scary himself, George Lynch. Dokken, Lynch Mob, ESP Guitars, the ESP Limited George Lynch GL200MT and Tiger Stripe, and the uh, New X Amp Academy pedal, which I just recently picked up, and it's quite cool and in-depth. This week's sponsor is Arm Entertainment, delivering quality live entertainment worldwide since 1984. Okay, so we're going to jump right into the news. First up, uh, PRS recently put out a their PRS SE Factory video uh, that goes into the um, you know, we're basically you're able to get into a you know a glimpse into the SE Series Factory. Uh, which is in uh, Mojokerto region, East Java, Indonesia. Uh, this is in a new video. Uh, the news is put out, or at least I saw it anyways, on guitar.com. Uh, the 20-minute film includes a video tour of the 90,000-square-foot factory, which produces 500 guitars per day, with a team of 400 guitar builders, as well as interviews with Chief Operating Officer Jack Higginbotham, about the SE series and aspects of PRS's manufacturing philosophy. Uh, now, for those that know, I don't need to explain it. For those that don't know, uh, the SE series from PRS, the quality is there, man. If you you know walk in any guitar store, if they've got uh, a PRS SE, uh, I'm telling you, you pick it up, you know, 99 times out of 100, this thing's going to be set up nicely. It's going to sound good. It's going to have nice action. Um, they really are are sticklers about their, you know, their quality control at that factory. Um, so if you haven't checked one out, I definitely recommend it. I will include a video link um, to this factory tour, I, I encourage you to check it out, man, because, uh, you know, they're a great company and they build great stuff, uh, and I'm going to support them, uh, any way I can. The article goes on, um, this is Jack Higginbotham speaking. We started the PRS, PRS SE series in 2001. The idea of the series came from Carlos Santana. He said, give me a guitar that is reasonably priced, 
hundreds, not thousands of dollars that I can play on stage, I can record with, but also that my fans can afford and appreciate and learn what a good guitar is. Make me that guitar. From the very beginning, that was a project that was centered around a quality instrument. Uh, the video has been well received by, you know, by PRS fans, myself included, with one user commenting on the video, I love the idea of a company showing us everything within their factories abroad. PS, PRS excuse me, never had any shame of it because they know their product is good. Which other company does that? Take some notes, everyone else. This is a good quote, uh, and he's absolutely right. Another commented, absolutely great work. Full transparency just shows the pride and ownership you have in your brand. That's why PRS has such loyal players. The SE series is an affordable line of electric guitars designed by PRS in collaboration with many of its signature artists. The series includes a version of the hollow body tube uh, Paizo or Piezo, however you pronounce it, Mira and Starla Stoptail and more. Also in the range is an SE variation of the immensely popular Silver Sky, which Guitar.com dubbed a fantastic alternative to the traditional Big F design, which works in a wide variety of styles, awarding it a 9 out of 10 score and an Editor's Choice Award. Um, so like I said, get, you know, take a moment and, uh, you know, when you're sitting back at home, you're in your home studio or your room or your bed or whatever, and, uh, be sure to watch that video and that'll kind of get, you know, the juices flowing in terms of, uh, um, you know, the quality again, I can't stress that enough. I've owned a couple of PRS, uh, SE guitars as well, a couple is a couple of their USA guitars and uh, man, you, you just can't beat the quality that they're putting out. You can see that they're, they're really keeping an eye on things. And I really wish more companies would do that. Um, so anyhow, that, that's it for that. Be sure to check out that video. In other guitar news, uh, Ozzy recently played at an NFL halftime show. According to UltimateGuitar.com, Ozzy Osbourne fans were disappointed when the legendary singer's performance at the NFL halftime show last week was cut to a mere 10-second broadcast on NBC. However, Ozzy decided to make it up to his fans and now has streamed the full two-song set from September 8th at the SoFi Stadium on his official YouTube channel. The singer chose the title track off his new album, Patient Number no. 9, as well as the classic hit Crazy Train for a set. Ozzy was joined on the performance by Andrew Watt and Zach Wilde on guitar, Chris Chaney on bass, and Tommy Clefettos on drums. Um, again, I'll post up a, another graphic with a link there with a little description about this. Be sure to watch the video for you um, Zach Wilde fans and Ozzy fans. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. Anytime you get a chance to see them in a live setting, man, you can't miss it. Now, this bit of news comes from Guitar Player, and it's in reference to gear. Now, it's funny. I've been in this industry for a long time. Some guitar companies out there, when you bring up guitar effects pedal, or guitar effects pedals in general, um, you know, this kind of thing's frowned upon because there's a lot of purists out there that have the horse blinders on and don't realize that we're in this incredible guitar renaissance of incredibly great gear at affordable prices from a lot of different sources. Um, so uh, let me just go on, okay? Uh, basically, 
the Boss C1 lists for seven figures. Sporting the serial number S000001, the pedal is said to be in good condition. The Boss C1 chorus ensemble is widely regarded as the pioneering chorus box, and to this day, one of the greatest pedals in its category. Though Bosswood, eight years after introducing the C1 in 1976, discontinued the pedal in 84 due to the sales of its smaller successor, the C2, the C1 remains a classic stomp box and fetches a pretty penny on the second market. A pretty penny would also be one way to describe the price of the Holy Grail Boss C1 that was listed last week on Reverb.com. Sporting the serial number S000001, this particular C1 is said to be the first of its kind ever to roll off the production line and has been put up for sale via Reverb for a cool million dollars, essentially. Now that's a pretty penny. Listed by the Los Angeles-based seller Pedal Palace, the pedal is said to be in good condition, and according to its seller, it oozes mojo with legendary, truly magical tone. Um, I'll have a link to that article. You can check that out if you want to head on over to Reverb and check it out. Pretty cool. I've seen some amazing stuff, just like everyone else has, get listed up on Reverb over the years. Uh, this one was interesting, <laughs> and the price is definitely interesting. And now, a quick note from our sponsor. Making Music has been the original home and tone since 1973. And for nearly 50 years, they've been committed to meeting the needs of their customers. Making Music offers a hand-picked selection of premium boutique and custom gear. The Northfield, Illinois showroom is open and comfortable with private, soundproof demonstration rooms for a pleasant shopping environment. While their website is regularly updated with an incredible array of custom electric guitars, tube amplifiers, and effects pedals, knowledgeable and courteous sales professionals are always available to help make sure the gear you want is the best choice to suit your needs. Whether you're looking to pick up a new hobby, push sonic boundaries, or simply tweak your tone, making music is the place. For more information, please visit makingmusic.com. So in our uh, gear spotlight today, we're actually going to talk about a couple pieces of gear. The first one that I'm going to talk about is the Nuex Amp Academy. Uh, all this time, I thought it was Nux, right? Nuex is the is the company uh, from China. Now these guys, you know, you you've seen them kind of creep up on the scene in the in the pedal market. And uh, man, they've been really putting out some really nice stuff. This one in particular caught my attention uh, because of its capabilities. Now, of course, listen, I own a, tu a tube amplifier. I have a, a Carbon Legacy 1 um, that's still a fantastic guitar amp. It's got about, you know, the nicest tone and one of the best reverbs ever uh, put into an amplifier. And so I get it for you tone purists out there. However, something that is interesting to me, anyhow, is that these companies, these electronics companies and manufacturers and engineers, these guys are really, really pushing the envelope on some of this new gear that's coming out. Now, the Nuex Amp Academy is wild, uh, and I'll give you a little bit of the description. This is from their website. 
Bring your favorite amp to go direct with Amp Academy. It's a world-class stomp box amp modeler. Nowadays, the ampless approach is quickly become a trend for modern musicians like guitarists who appreciate a variety of pedals and amps, but don't have the luxury of a roadie crew to lug them all around. Amp Academy inherits uh, Nuax's TSAC 2K, it's a white box amp modeling algorithm, which delivers the sound and feel of world-class tube amplifiers and a super portable stomp box enclosure. And its huge headroom and dynamic range is a pedal-friendly platform. Now, this is really important for folks out there. Uh, God knows I've gone through a gazillion permutations of my setup at home, uh, in my home studio, uh, you know, if I'm in a live situation or something like that. Uh, you know, there's logistics involved with that. And, uh, you know, as a friend of mine told me, it, you know, having this kind of gear around beats schlepping all that stuff around, right? Um, and that makes complete sense. Now, again, back to the tone purist thing. That line is getting really fine, the difference between a tube amplifier and one of these amp modelers that's out there. And there's a few big companies that have put stuff out. I won't go into details about them. I'm sure you've probably heard of them. Um, why I like this particular bit of gear, and I'm, I'm just now tapping into the uh, world of amp modeling, um, is the range of different amp models and cabs that are inside this little thing. The Amp Academy features six legendary amp models, like Vintage, which is the Fender Twin Reverb, Classic, which is the Fender Vibro King, Modern, which is the Mesa Boogie Mark I, uh, Brown Sound, which is the Friedman HBE, the Red Sound, which is the Mesa Boogie Dual Rectifier, and Iridium, which is the Bogner Ubershaw. The iconic TSAC 2K white box algorithm amp modeling offers you realistic amp feeling and fast playability response. Now online, there's been a few guys out there that said, you know, out of the box, it has some nice stuff, but really where it gets interesting uh, is when you load the software onto your computer and uh, the software from, from Nuax um, and get that thing synced up with the pedal so that you can dial in and, uh, and tweak your, your sounds and your tones, uh, including the cabs and the heads and all the details that come with that, um, you know, uh, these, uh, using these third-party IRs. Um, you can certainly go down the rabbit hole of tweaking with this thing. So if you're a knob tweaker, a knob twiddler like myself, and you like getting into the detail of things, uh, you can tweak till your heart's content with it and uh, and basically come up with a tone uh, that's pretty dang close to the real thing, okay? To the discerning ear, we all know the difference between the digital and, you know, an analog. I'm just saying, or tube amp versus solid state. Um, but these guys, I'm telling you, they're, they're really getting close to kind of cracking it. 
The Amp Academy comes equipped with Chop Tones custom IRs. Uh, you can um, do a deep dive on that. Visit choptones.com. Uh, I'll have a link and a picture up on my website at electricguitarlives.com if you want to check that out for yourself. I encourage you to get online on YouTube and uh, check out some of the videos that are out there by some of the uh, more accomplished players uh, and engineers and see what they're doing with it. Uh, I suspect that you might be pleasantly blown away. So check that out. Okay, and uh, my second segment here for the Gear Spotlight, I was going to talk about the ESP Limited GL200MT. Now, this is my second ESP guitar, limited guitar. The first one I had done a swap uh, with my brother years ago. I had traded him a guitar. Uh, I believe it was a Dean Archtop. He had a seven-string uh, ESP with a fixed bridge on it. And at that time, I didn't really, I wasn't into the whole seven-string thing, and I didn't know much about it. So it basically kind of sat up on the shelf. Uh, what I didn't realize at the time was the, you know, the limited series from ESP, uh, the quality. The quality was amazing. Um, and I just recently purchased... Uh, the the limited GL two hundred MT, which is the you know the George Lynch uh, Tiger Stripes guitar, and uh, same thing. Quality is amazing for for an import model, you know. And this thing was made in Indonesia, you know, one humbucker, volume knob, plug in and go. You, you really can't beat it. And I got to tell you, man, before I get into some of the details about this or the history about the guitar, I love it. I love this thing. Now, this is from the ESP Guitars website. Based on one of iconic guitarist George Lynch's most recognized ESP custom guitars, the limited GL200MT is an affordable version of the famous M1 Tiger that Lynch used in Dokken and at many points in his storied career. It features a basswood body and yellow finish with a tiger stripe graphic, which is completely rad, by the way, bolted to a maple neck with a 22-fret maple fingerboard. This guitar is powered by a single ESP-designed LH-150B humbucker in the bridge position and includes a Floyd Rose special bridge. Uh, the ESP-designed LH-150B in the bridge is a low-output humbucker that allows your, your chosen amp to do the heavy lifting, resulting in a thunderous but clean tone. Lynch learned over decades of playing that the lower output pickups gave him the necessary room when dialing in his amp for the wall of sound he became known for. This pickup delivers all the classic hot humbucking tone that players of heavy, heavy genres crave, uh, making it a favorite among guitarists. It's a single, no-frills, master volume control, keeps the streamlined axis top uncluttered and lets you dial in your volume quickly and easily. The all-maple thin U-neck on the GL200MT features a satin finish that is smooth and responsive in your hand. The 12-inch radius, 25.5-inch scale neck and also features 22 extra jumbo frets for stellar intonation during leads or chords. And with the classic Floyd Rose Bridge, you can take those notes into expansive sonic territory as you explore your own style 
an attack. Now, a lot of the, not a lot of them, but most of your main companies out there, your major companies that are doing import guitars and they're making, you know, these things affordable for us, the consumers. Um, one thing they all understand universally is you need to have a great neck, okay? The body and its components and all that stuff, everything matters, obviously, right? Um, but when you're trying to make things affordable, you have to cut corners, right? So you cut corners, let's put cheaper hardware on the thing. You know, we'll use die cast. Uh, let's uh, use cheaper body woods. You know, we'll use cheap other types of cheap, make the pots cheap. You know, they, they cheap out on a lot of different things. But it's not because they're specifically trying to cheap out. Uh, it's because they're trying to make something that plays well, sounds good, and you can pick up and play at an affordable price. Uh, in the case of this particular guitar, they completely understand that. And the neck is amazing. It's as good as any neck that's out there. It's as good as any neck that's on a USA guitar. Fretwork, perfect. The net plays like butter. So the next time you're at the guitar shop and uh, you're checking out uh, various um, you know, items, whether they be your import line, your more affordable guitars, all the way up to you know your, your heavy-duty import stuff that ESP also has in the marketplace, uh, as well as the USA side of things, uh, or not USA, but custom shop side of things in terms of that, you know, that quality being there. Um, you know, pay attention to the neck and, and the feel of it. How does that feel to you as a guitar player, as a consumer? That's always a telling point. Um, the only other companies that I can think of off the top of my head that really, truly understand this are PRS, um, ESP, obviously, and Ernie Ball. Some of the other import lines, you know, I've, I've tried their necks out, and uh, to be honest, they aren't that great. I played a couple, uh, you know, as an example, uh, John Perchucci uh, Sterling guitars. These necks on those things, man, they were dynamite, and they just, they played fantastic. I just can't get over the quality that's put out these days. Where was this stuff when I was a kid? Now, for me, as a fan of uh, Dokken and, uh, and George Lynch, Lynch Mob, all that stuff, um, you know, over the years, uh, especially when I was younger, you know, I, I've always seen his guitars around. They've always been in the magazines. ESP's always been at the forefront of innovation and, and you know, creating something different in the marketplace uh, that was obtainable, uh, whether you had a low budget or a big budget. You know, you grow up and be a big boy, you get a big boy guitar. They provide all of that. Um, and their quality is just through the roof. Again, and I've talked about this before, uh, the Japanese companies, uh, you know, they are big about simplicity and they strive for perfection. And it shows in their product line. Now, I'll back up a second. George Lynch has always had really rocking, outrageous looking guitars. Um, so outside of them playing well and looking cool, They've always been hot-rotted right out of the gate. You know, you don't have to do a whole lot to these things. You can, as they suggest, plug it into a good, you know, tube amplifier and uh, or a solid state, you know, these days, and you can go to town. 
If you've never really checked out ESP stuff before, at least from my vantage point, um, there's a few of them that you keep your eye on these things, man, because they're pretty cool. For for George Lynch stuff, uh, there's the Skull and Snakes, the Kamikaze, the Kamikaze 4. That thing's pretty rad. His Sunburst Tiger and the Kamikaze 1, which I'm sure you know, you've probably seen at one time. Uh, really neat stuff, and, and keep an eye out for it. One other guitar from ESP that I've recently um, uh, recently have an eye on, and I'm basically gassing about right now, is the uh, um, uh, is the more recent uh, Alex Skolnick signature model uh, guitar that he's got with them. Uh, there's an ESP version, of course, you know the the more heavy duty custom shop version, which I believe I've seen in a recent video of him uh, playing a green one with a nice flame top on it. This thing looks amazing. Now, now that one in particular has a Floyd Rose, uh, and then there's the import versions of them, uh, which have, you know, which which come stock with high quality components in it to include the pickups. Uh, if you want to get more of a fixed bridge, kind of Les Paul thing. Uh, and there's another variation of it that has his, uh, or excuse me, that has a, uh, a Floyd Rose in it um, that comes in blue. It's like a blue flame, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Anyhow, if you get on YouTube and check out some of these videos, you know what Alex was shooting for with it. Um, and But considering he kind of... He, he's on the fence of, you know, two different types of genres, really all different kinds of genres because he's becoming a teacher now. Um, it's something, to, you know, it's something to check out. You know, you can play heavy metal with this thing or you can go to a different setting like Alex and, uh, and play jazz. He's, you know, a very accomplished jazz musician now. Um, and for me, I like having a utility guitar like that. Uh, have I owned a Les Paul in the past? Absolutely. Uh, I won't lie. I've had issues with some of the ones that I've had. I'm not trying to dog the company, uh, but I've had three, um, you know, two of the necks snap off of a couple of them. And one of them, I had a stress fracture due to the um, headstock. Now, I'm not dogging them i i love gibson stuff um but you know after the third one it's like man can somebody else out there do this better so fast forward to now and uh, you've got a lot of offerings for the you know that single cutaway style guitar and uh, this one in particular with some of the videos that i'm watching i'm probably going to do a profile on it pretty soon and and uh, and talk about alex as well uh, but check that one out man it, it's a looker and tone for days and now another word from our sponsor, Making Music. Attention serious collectors and Eric Clapton enthusiasts. Making Music is happy to present this curated selection of gear, which was previously owned and used by none other than Slowhand himself, Eric Clapton. Various items are featured as part of this Eric Clapton collection, including a custom ES-335, electric guitar presented to Eric by Gibson for his 2001 tour, two Stage Use 412 Marshall speaker cabs stenciled Derek and the Dominoes, one Jaguar limited edition Marshall Bluesbreaker combo amp presented to Eric by Jim Marshall himself, and a Stage Use Music Man HD150 reverb head and 212 cab with Doug Brothers Roadcase. If you're an avid Clapton collector, 
or simply an enthusiast of rare vintage collectible guitars and amps, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to obtain your own personal Eric Clapton rig. Just imagine this killer selection of gear all set up in your man cave or jam room. Think of all the stages and players this iconic gear has seen. When I close my eyes, I can imagine myself there, relishing the sounds and smells of rock and roll. For more about the Eric Clapton guitar and amp collection, please visit makingmusic.com forward slash Clapton. That was makingmusic.com forward slash Clapton. So in our Artist Spotlight segment today, we're going to be talking about Mr. Scary himself, George Lynch. Born on September 28, 1954 in Spokane, Washington, George Lynch began learning to play guitar at the age of 10. A naturally gifted musician, his guitar playing quickly progressed and became a creative outlet for him during his teenage years performing with several bands, most notably Sergeant Rocks. In the late 1970s, George moved to Los Angeles, California, where he formed two bands, The Boys and Exciter. With Exciter, George's technical abilities and unique style was a very important draw to the band's fan base. Playing the L.A. club circuit, it was clear that he was already taking the necessary steps that would lead him to success in the 1980s and his partnership with the legendary band Dokken. When George Lynch joined Dokken in the early 1980s, success came very quickly. As history proves, much of the band's album sales and credibility is a result of George Lynch's guitar abilities and songwriting. With Dokken, Lynch recorded five albums from 1983 to 1988, all of which did remarkably well in the United States, Europe, and Asia. This worldwide success made George Lynch one of the most influential rock guitarists in modern music, even earning the band a Grammy nomination in 1989 for Best Rock Instrumental. 1989 was also the year that George parted ways with Dawkins and began the new decade with a different approach, Enter the Lynch Mob. By the early 1990s, George had become a marquee guitar hero throughout the world. As a result, working with the Lynch Mob was a highly scrutinized and anticipated project. In just three years, the Lynch Mob released two records and hit the road on two worldwide tours. After the second tour's completion, Lynch took hiatus and retreated to the studio to craft his first solo recordings. Sacred Groove, Lynch's first solo endeavor, was released in 1993. For the first time in his career, he was able to display a broader assortment of musical and guitar styles. The Sacred Groove album clearly established Lynch as an, as an eclectic musician with a volume of eccentric work. Having satisfied this endeavor, George Lynch took several years off to spend time with his children and enjoy life in Arizona. This was until a call from an old friend came in 1994. Following his departure, Dawkin had reformed with the use of George Lynch, excuse me, without the use of George Lynch, but when the record company refused to release a new Dawkin record without him, phone calls were made in late 1994. Lynch came in to fulfill the requests of the record company, and round two with the band began. Soon to follow were two more Dawkin records, 
and three more years of touring the globe. By 1908, excuse me, 1998, Lynch finished his commitment with Dokken and set out to work with the Lynch Mob. This resulted in Smoke This, an album that featured a cultivation of his playing styles, but with a new approach. The 1999 tour that followed brought George's playing to a new audience and resulted in a renewed interest in the band and George Lynch's influence. With new confidence, George began working with former Dokken band bassist Jeff on what was to become a lengthy album titled Wicked Underground which was completed under the name L.P. Lynch Pilsen and delivered to stores in April of 2003. Also in 2003, Lynch began reworking the sound of the earlier Lynch mob and Dawkins material. To complete this task, George reassembled mob band members Robert Mason and Anthony Esposito along with Michael Frawine on drums. Together, they reinvented the spirit and fire of early Lynch compositions onto an album titled Revolution, which was also released in 2003. The guitar work on both Wicked Underground and Revolution demonstrated Lynch's consistency with his signature sound while balancing a more experimental side. In 2012, George released three successful albums via Rat Pack Records. Legacy, an all-instrumental EP, Lynch Bob, Sound Mountain Sessions, and TNN, Slave to the Empire, that featured original Dawkins members Jeff Pilsen and Mick Brown, along with a host of other guest singers including Sebastian Bach, Tim Ripper Owens, Doug Pinnock, and Warrant singer Robert Mason. And the album features remakes of five classic Dawkins songs and seven new original songs. In 2014, George released Lynch Mob Unplugged live from Sugar Hill Studios under the Rat Pack Records label, an all-acoustic performance of their classic hits. In 2013, George formed KXM, a supergroup trio that featured King's X frontman Doug Pinnock and corn drummer Ray Luzier. Their debut album released in March on Rat Pack Records and landed number 31 on the Billboard Top 200. Later that year in December, George hit number 6 on the Billboard Hard Rock Albums chart with the critically acclaimed Lynch Mob, Sun Red Sun, also on Rat Pack Records. It featured Oni Logan, Robbie Crane, and Scott Coogan. The most notable thing, um, you know, with George that, that we have to comment on here, uh, not that we have to, that, you know, we should comment on, is his endorsement with ESP Guitars. ESP has held George as their highest profiled endorser for close to 20 years. Electric guitar pickup guru Seymour Duncan has also honored George with his own signature series pickup called the Screamin' Demon, which I can, you know, for a testimony, I've had the Screamin' Demon put onto a couple of my guitars over the years. Love it. Now a highly regarded standard in the guitar world, the Screamin' Demon reigns as one of Seymour Duncan's most popular items to date. George also conceived the design for a triple amp selector switching system called the Tripler, which is manufactured by Morley. American Recording Technology manufactures and distributes the George Lynch signature guitar, patch, and speaker cables. In 2005, Randall Amplifiers revealed a new George Lynch modular amp called the Lynch Box. Also of note, 
George Lynch and Robert Keeley have developed the Lynch Time Machine, a unique and powerful effect unit that is gaining a lot of interest and momentum within the guitar industry. The past few years, 2015 to 2018, have seen some of George Lynch's most prolific recording projects, including KXM with Doug Pennick of King's X and Ray Luzier of Korn, Shadow Nation, an incredible film journey into the history and plight of an you know of Native American life, Lynch Mob, Ultraphonics with Corey Glover of Living Color, which is cool if you haven't checked that out, drummer Chris Moore, and bassist Pancho Tomaselli of War. When George is not recording, writing, or touring, he's creating incredible collector's art guitars under his Mr. Scary Guitars brand. Influences, we'll get into this, this is cool. Lynch cited Jimi Hendrix, Randy Rhodes, Jeff Beck, and Michael Schenker, along with Eddie Van Halen, Alan Holdsworth, Jan Ackerman, Christopher Parkening, Al Demiola, Roy Buchanan, Albert King, Frank Marino, Muddy Waters, Gary Moore, and Ingve Malmsteen as his musical influences. Now, in a previous episode, I had talked about being turned on to George through the uh, We're Stars video, and that was the first time that I got to see him play and listen to him playing. Um, and I was just blown away. Out of all the guys on that video outside of Neil Schoen, I was floored, absolutely floored. Loved his just frenetic picking style and his attack and everything. I loved his tone. And I said, oh, man, this guy's awesome. I'm going to check him out. And I've been a fan ever since. Now, at that time, I couldn't afford uh, a lot of his uh, signature models. Um, fast forward to now, uh, and I can't afford them, which is great. Um, and again, if you haven't checked out the ESP line or it seems too scary for you, uh, I encourage you to go down to your local music shop um, and uh, pick one up and give it a whirl. And, and I think you'll be blown away, man. The quality is there. And it's just, man, it's just a really kick-ass guitar company. One can truly understand why they would stand by George Lynch all these years. And you can also understand from George's perspective why he went with the SP Guitar Company. Uh, because they're, they're great and they make fantastic stuff. Can't beat it. I must also note that George is actually one of the artists under the arm umbrella. They recently launched their new website, and uh, George has been out there uh, touring um, and um, you know showing up to a lot of different events with his band and various incarnations of groups, etc. Uh, if you haven't seen some of his more recent stuff, you know he's really kind of branching out there, man. Always cool to see him live. Always great to hear him play. Uh, he's such a monster player, and I've been a huge fan for years, and it's a real joy and pleasure to talk about him in this podcast. Hey, I want to say thank you again for uh, for listening to me go on and on about this stuff. Um, again, I truly love the electric guitar and, you know, the guitar in general and, and the industry as a whole. I've been doing this for a long time. Not the podcasting, but being involved in the industry in some faster or another. I've touched a lot of different areas. Uh, so it's just a real pleasure for me to uh, talk about this stuff. I really appreciate you hanging with me. Uh, I hope you'll tune in, you know, subscribe and, and tune in again um, next week. Um, I'm really excited about next week because I'm going to uh, record some stuff and play guitar over it from one of my other heroes, Akira Takasaki 
of the legendary heavy metal band Loudness. I'm also going to be talking about Killer Guitars that uh, currently endorses and plays. Uh, And it's something to take note of and not to be overlooked. But we're going to have a good time. We're going to get down into the the details about that and him as a player and Loudness and uh, the band. So I hope you, uh, you know, tune in next week. Until then, have a great time, uh, you know, be sure to pick up your guitar, practice if you can, uh, but most of all, have fun. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Electric Guitar Lives podcast with P. Williams, your weekly hang for all things guitar-related and more. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting episode. And remember, have fun. See you next time. For more about this podcast and future episodes, be sure to visit electricguitarlives.com. Thanks again for listening.